This episode of Vintage Stormfront Freaks has been previously recorded. I'd love to introduce this lovely lady. As you said earlier, Phil, she's currently a meteorologist at CNN, an on-camera meteorologist at CNN. But before that, Jennifer was a weekend morning show meteorologist and actually a feature reporter for WTVJ in Miami. Uh, she covered severe weather, of course, any tropical weather, and also producing specials that focused on hurricane preparedness and safety, which is so awesome. She holds a BS in geosciences, um, broadcast meteorology program at Mississippi State, also a BA in broadcast journalism from Northwestern State University in Louisiana. She also holds a seal of approval from the AMS, and she is a huge Saints an LSU fan. I got to get that in there. Also, a lot of you may not know this, but Jennifer is an avid fisherwoman, or if you want, whatever you want oh, to call good. her. She has a passion for fishing. She's actually been on the cover of Florida Sportsman, which is so cool. <laughs> and also, she's big into ocean conservation and has done a lot of speeches around the country um, trying to get people aware of what's going on in the oceans. All right, welcome back. Hey, we've had a very active tropical storm season already this year. Maria's making another mark in the Caribbean as we speak. And there's a, there's a big challenge with hurricanes and tropical storms in that they can bring tornado force winds, heavy rain, and storm surge, with, which both can cause devastating flooding. And they also bring hard-to-spot, quick-developing tornadoes. So with all of these dangers... You guys know we're seeing mixed messages, not only just on TV, but also on social media with, with what the true threat is and, and really what it should be. So what should our local and national TV weather faces be focusing us on? And, and from, a, from a national level, Jennifer, and obviously you have experience on a local level as well, let's start with you. What, what have you experienced in the message we're trying to send? What do you think we should be sending I think the biggest challenge is just that you, every storm is different and there's so many different parameters that you're trying to convey. I mean, these storms, like you mentioned, they have a lot of wind, they have rain and, and depending on where you are is going to depend on what you're going to get. And so I think that's the biggest challenge when you have say a landfalling hurricane, you can't compare it to Andrew because somebody that lived in Fort Lauderdale did not experience the same Andrew that uh, Homestead experienced or even someone in Miami. So you have that. Uh, but you also have, depending on where you are, maybe for somebody, the wind is going to be the worst part of it. Maybe for somebody that lives uh, 30 miles away, the rain is going to be the worst part of it. Maybe somebody in a different location, the surge is going to be part of it. And so I think it's challenging just to, to channel all of that to get people to understand what, what is going to be the worst for me and what's going to happen with this. And, and not only that, we're, we're, we're forecasting these storms days in advance. And so when you're talking about a storm making landfall three and four days from now, um, it's really hard to pinpoint the exact location of where this is going to be. That's why we have the cone and that's why we, we try to communicate the level of uncertainty with these storms. But even right as it's making landfall, if this thing wobbles to the east or west or north or south just a little bit, that's going to mean the 
difference between maybe somebody getting hurricane force winds and somebody not, especially when the wind field's only, say, 30 miles with some of these storms. It's such a small area. And I like to compare that with, say, the Storm Prediction Center. There's a high-risk day. They don't pinpoint one exact city. They have a circle around a, a, a lot of cities, like a region. And so I think trying to communicate the uncertainty and, and not get people in their heads to think this is going to happen uh, you know, it's going to make landfall in, you know, Miami or mm -hmm. just south of Houston, you know, I think that's probably the biggest challenge is to um, get people to understand what we're trying to say and the uncertainty in that. Having worked in Miami, were you just amazed at Irma and the scope of the damaging winds across the entire state? I was, I was. And I was, you know, when I lived in Miami, we didn't have any huge landfalls while I was there. I started in uh, 2006, so I missed the uh, 2005 season. Um, but I was, I was amazed at um, how serious people took the storm. I was really impressed with that. Um, I have a lot of friends down there and I'm still keeping in contact with everyone really well. And I was impressed because it had been so long since they had had a storm of that magnitude and a lot, it's a transient place. Not many, a lot of people are, have moved there that have never experienced a storm. And so the serious um, nature in which they took the storm, I was impressed with the keys, um, just getting so much damage. That was heartbreaking. That's such a special place for me. I used to go down there once a week to go fishing and hang out. Um, so it was incredibly sad, but that's, that's another storm. Everyone thought that it was going to impact Miami. And then last minute, it takes a little jog to the West and the West side of the state uh, gets it the most. So, you know, it's there again, it's the importance of the uncertainty and, and you know, that it's this entire region that could be impacted, not just once, not focus on one specific city. I've got to give it up to Florida. They are one of the best States to get their, you know what, together yeah. Yeah. when there's a hurricane coming. Yeah, they get out. They They're smart. They do. Yeah, they do. Do you, do you guys do you guys see an issue from from you know? And obviously, Kim and Dina can talk about this as well. The challenge of covering from a national level when you know, as Jennifer talked about, certain areas might have surge problems, certain areas might have wind problems, certain areas might have rain problems. Can you really, on a national level, can you when you're a national channel, can you really? Do you think you can really cover that well? I, well, I I'll, yeah, I'll tell you how we do it. And it's mainly like, we'll try to give you an overview and say, okay, these are going to be your impacts. This is where it's going. And then we'll break it down into certain pieces. Like, let's just talk about surge. And I think surge is one of the hardest things for people to understand. People don't know really what surge is yep. until you explain it. Um, and so you only talk about that. Okay. Maybe it's six to nine feet above sea level where they're thinking, well, is that even bad? You know, mm -hmm. sometimes you don't understand that, but if you give it to them like, hey, this will cover your first floor of your home, uh, then they kind of get it. And it, and Jen, you are completely right about all storms not being created equal because like just, just now with Maria, when it went across um, Puerto Rico, they had only six to nine foot surge where like Irma had say 14 and that was like a cat, you know, cat five when it went over Puerto Rico. It's all like the bathymetry, like how, how it's oriented, how deep the water is. There's so many little factors. And, uh, you know, we talked to Brady about being in Florida and how like, you know, his place was just wrecked and somebody else wasn't too bad. So, you know, just 10, 15, 20 miles of a path 
makes a huge difference. And people, that's a, yeah. the one thing I think is what I think people don't leave for is they think, well, we've lived through this before. We'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Or we're on this side of town. I heard this in Harvey, like, oh, well, they're up in the Northwest. We're, we're fine. No, you're not. You've got 30 mm-hmm. inches or 40 inches of rain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's, it, you have to break down every little sing, single thing like, okay, you're going to have this, 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 and this. All right, now let's go to this and just talk about this for a second. Yeah. And, and if you throw it all at them at once, it's too much. And there's yeah. still going to be people that stay like the people I talked to that stayed during Irma, you know, they were in a you know place that was supposed to get six to nine feet of storm surge. They only got like one to two feet, you know, for whatever reason, I'm, I'm still searching for that reason why they didn't get, cause I'm still trying to figure out storm surge. Um, but you know, now they were like, when I went and talked to them, they're like, yeah, see, I told you we should have stayed. Cause they, I was telling them, Hey, you probably should leave. And, and now next time they get a storm system, they're not going to listen to anyone because they've in their minds, they've already made up their minds that they're going to stay for anything now. And, and it's, it's things like that that can be really dangerous. Mm-hmm. They're surely not going to listen to you. <laughs> no, no. I was like, come on. I, I was really glad that they didn't get hit hard, but right. Yeah. And it depends on the, uh, maybe it's not high tide. Maybe they were at low tide. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It which they be, were actually, that was part yeah, of it. They were yeah. That's part of it. But, and I, and I, you know, what's yeah. interesting too, is we've had so many storms on top of each other. It's yeah. almost like, and I don't want to say people have forgotten about Texas, but they're on to the next storm. Mm-hmm. The devastation and the aftermath that continues for so long I almost feel like people have almost, forg- unless you're in it right now, a lot of folks have forgotten about what's happening sure. or the, yeah. the rebuilding that will take months or maybe even years in years. certain places. Yeah. That's just, it's just amazing. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I was seeing pictures too, like of a friend's house and, you know, they had GoFundMe pages set up and she was showing water and it was up like this was after the storm that was still up, you know, above her bathroom vanity, you know, and you think, how are you going to, where are you going to go? How this is going to take so long to clean up. And we were talking about their cars, like your car's ruined. Even if you try to fix it and sell it, you have to say that it was flooded. I mean, there's just so many things, everything. I I think, I think as meteorologists too, it's important too that because when I see a tropical system, you know, I don't get, I don't want to say excited, but I'm interested in it and I, and I want to talk about it to other people. Mm-hmm. I think us as meteorologists, we really need to be careful that we don't go too far out in the future because then every tropical wave coming off Africa will be talking about potential impacts on you know Florida. And then when that doesn't happen, then you get a storm like Irma that's a direct hit. And luckily people did take it seriously, but I think you have to be very, very careful about how far in the future you let mm-hmm. yourself, because you know if I'm put on TV, you know, and more likely than not, I'm going to be talking about things that are still very, very, very far down the road, which given the uncertainty, that's the crucial thing is conveying that uncertainty okay. to the viewers. And, and that's still something that, you know, meteorologists across the country mm-hmm. are struggling with. On a national level, you typically don't start talking about, you know, some of the effects that, you know, people might feel until it's at least a couple of days. Yeah. In there. And then you give like a broad, you know, it's kind of like a triangle. You start out, you know, the broad picture, you know, of course, with tropical systems, you're going to get all these things. And then as the time gets closer, then you start narrowing it down. And then, you know, kind of that point of the triangle, the local take, you know, people take over and then they get specific. But even at the Weather Channel, we got specific. You know, we, we would zoom in, you know, in, mm-hmm. in, in the Miami area or Tampa area or whatever and show where the surge is going to be the worst. So national can do that. 
and has yeah. done that. And um, but overall, you know, you just start out big picture, talk about possibilities so people can start preparing for it mm-hmm. as time gets closer. Then you kind of zoom in on, you know, more specific um, some of the um, things they're going to encounter, and and then just down to the you know last minute. But um, I think I think you're right though, you know, Brady, you can't start you know, five days out telling people mm-hmm. what they're going to expect. You know, you yeah. Did you see the GFS 346 yeah. hour forecast? Oh gosh. Oh, yeah. Oh, gosh. yeah. yeah. Not, long Not long enough. I saw someone on Twitter that posted a NAM, you know, of Josie slamming, you know, Boston head on. And it's like, you just yeah. have to be wary of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's a balance because, you know, they're neat. I was talking to my friend down there and it's like, if he wouldn't have left, you know, five days before he might not have been able to get out because of the fact that, um, you know, he couldn't find a place to stay in Carolina. Stuck and, in traffic. Yeah, exactly. Right. So it's like you need to be able to give these people preparation, but you also need to convey uncertainty mm-hmm. at the same right. time. Because yeah. people are waiting to the last minute to evacuate because it yeah. might not happen, you know, or is it really going to be that bad? And yeah. The other thing that I think we struggle with too is, um, you know, with social media, not only are you have just people posting just the most random bogus out of this world scenarios that, that have no credibility, but also like for, I notice a lot of people post on Facebook and then they'll post an update, but you know how Facebook is, it doesn't do just the, you know, the most recent. And so old posts will continue to show up. And so I think that sends a lot of mixed messages too. Uh, with mm-hmm. people not realizing that's the not the most up-to-date information right mm-hmm. very true mm-hmm. is it is it jennifer is it hard as well you know because kim and and dina i mean they work at a 24-hour their experience obviously has been in a 24-hour weather environment and you with cnn it's obviously not a 24-hour weather environment is it harder to try to convey the message you want to convey for a tropical storm when you've got 20 seconds or just three minutes mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's been a a huge challenge for us. Um, Luckily, though, um, whenever something as big as what we've seen over the past couple of weeks with Harvey and Irma, they will give you uh, a lot more time. And so you can break it down. Of course, um, you know, like you said, we don't do weather 24 hours a day, but we do get enough time to, you know, explain it the best we can. And I think that um, they've been doing a great job of it. I've been watching a lot of the coverage since I've been at home. But um, but yeah, that's always a challenge, especially when you, when you are on a time constraint to try to say the most important things, um, you know, when you want to be up there talking for 10 minutes about it, you've got to decide, okay, what's the most important thing, how I'm going to say this in the most simple way, the fastest way to get the point across. Um, it has created a, a huge challenge, uh, for me and, and for our department, whereas in Miami, we would go wall to wall and we would be on 12 hour shifts, you know, and you could talk as long as you wanted to about something. (laughs) Um, Having to, to shorten that is, is super challenging. Absolutely. All right. So Kevin is a meteorologist for rotogrinders.com fantasy sports and with CW 33 TV in Dallas, Fort Worth. Now, Kevin has a bachelor's degree from Florida state university and a master's degree from Mississippi state, a seal approval from the National Weather Association and five plus years working in severe weather markets. He's a lover of weather science and anything nerdy. I love that. I think you probably got everybody's attention though when I read this that you are a meteorologist for rotogrinders.com fantasy sports. That's like 
Oh my gosh, weather and sports together. How did you get that gig? Total testosterone right there. Absolutely. <laughs> Best gig. And it happened so randomly. I got a message on Facebook from a friend and she said, hey, uh, a buddy of mine is looking to hire a meteorologist. Something about sports or beer or weather. I don't really know. You should, you should talk to him. I was like, beer? Yeah, yeah. Hang on. Let me, I'll do this. And I sent out a message and, and got hooked up with Roto Grinders. And uh, it's been about four years now. And it's just been, it's awesome. I, I love you, it. Did you even care if it paid? You were, you just no, like, yeah. <laughs> I don't even care what you're doing. I'm in already. Yeah. That's awesome. So, uh, Kevin, do do us a favor because I think the general public has a little bit of an idea of of fantasy football and fantasy baseball, and they might do that with their friends and everything else. But now, you know, this daily fantasy sports, I guess, fill people in a little bit on what that is, how that's different. Obviously, a little cash involved in that, but uh, yeah, fill us in on that first. Yeah, if you've been watching sports over the last few years, you've probably seen the commercials for like DraftKings or Roto Grinder or uh, DraftKings or FanDuel. They were all over the place. And essentially, these are companies where every single day you make a new fantasy team. So let's take baseball, for example. Every day you have to draft players from all around the league, and you put a little cash down, and the hope is you can win some money. The issue is if you're drafting a team, and let's say you're picking uh, currently a player in Cincinnati where it's raining, if it rains a little too hard and that game gets canceled, you're not going to get any money. You're not going to get any stats and you're going to lose all your money. So they got sick of, uh, you know, trusting, uh, you know, the iPhone app for their weather forecast. And they decided they needed someone who can actually analyze storms, talk about the risk and uh, know when, when you got to bail on these games. Are you in Vegas? You look like you're in Vegas right now. No, this is this is Dallas. This is uh, in my penthouse. Sweet. I have the background Ooh. of Dallas. Wow! It's, it's just a flimsy it's little kind of wavy. Yeah, oh, okay. I love that. Wavy. It is. It is a good gig. Yeah. yeah. Hey Brady, you should take note here. Looking for a job, right? Oh, I'm I'm taking detailed notes. Trust me. <laughs> they have, hey, they have Burger Kings in Dallas, don't they? <laughs> so what so so kevin what what kind of money is involved in this are, are you aware at all of the kind of money that's being thrown into this daily fantasy sports now i mean it is millions and millions and millions of dollars oh i get people gosh. messaging me personally on twitter saying hey man i've got 10 grand riding on this game uh is it gonna rain or not oh, and so uh, and that's just one person i mean there are guys oh there are guys out there, high volume players who will bet thousands of dollars. On, uh, I'm sorry, uh, like a hundred thousand dollars on lineups. Wow. Just in one day. Wow. Anybody so, Italian that you gotta, you know, really I've make been worried. Case? I'm always worried. I get one wrong, someone's gonna come. Yeah. 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 Well, give, give us <laughs> some stories. You got any good yeah. stories of some some followers that that just like you predicted something and it wasn't or it was and because it and happens. I mean, it's it's weather. You know, it's, we're we're gonna make mistakes. So yeah. Yeah, I, I try to always stress like what I do is not perfection, but I'm gonna be the best out there. I'm better than your other options. But I had someone tweet me and they said. Uh, Fell for Kevin Ross shit again. That won't be <laughs> 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 oh, man, 99 games correct in a row and I missed one and now you fell for my shit again. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Welcome to meteorology. Like you, haven't been, you haven't been a forecaster until you've had a death threat, though. I'm just saying. Death threat. Oh. oh. Sounds like somebody's had yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> Have you had one? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So now, Kevin, so, do you get to play any like fantasy sports 
to yourself? Like, is there, I, cause I know like, Pete yeah, Rose. exactly. Like <laughs> players, you know, like in, in the, you know, NFL or something, they can't actually play. In a, I love but them, but. Are, can you do any of the, you know, the fantasy sports that you predict weather for? I could. Uh, I think there's a little conflict of interest because I'm moving. My forecast literally moved millions of dollars. So if I say, don't play this game and no one plays it, and then I sneak in and play it and win a bunch of money. Exactly. It's a little little shady. So uh, I I do not play to make sure that no one's like thinking that, you know, I'm doing anything. That's smart. What what sports are you doing and what aren't you doing? Uh, baseball's the big one, I pick because that's the sport where you get rainouts fairly often. Sure. Now, football, you don't you don't see rainouts. You just mm-hmm. you're gonna play in some rain. But uh, baseball's a big one. Golf is a big one. If there's gonna be a, a day or a time when it's really windy, people can pick golfers to try and avoid that maximum wind. And then NFL is always a big one as well. Okay. Do you do uh, do you do any college sports, college football, they or anything like that? College or? sports. They actually um, last year DraftKings and FanDuel pulled the college sports, so you're not allowed to anymore. So Roto Grinders, can do you play on Roto Grinders, or is that more of a stat and information website? Yeah, that it's like a it's a content site where you play on FanDuel and you play on DraftKings, and you go to Roto Grinders to figure out how you're going to make your money on those yeah. sites. Yeah. And I, you know, I just, I a quick add this because I, it was two summers ago, um, I got in on, uh, gosh, what was that first one? Not FanDuel, but um, I can't even think of it. But but one of them, I, I got in on like, gosh, I'll give this a try. And I threw some money at it. And, you know, I played, this was for baseball and I played a couple um, nights, you know, full yeah. day. And what you do is you basically, you typically play the day. So I'm going to play all the games going on this day. You're given so much fantasy dollars to pick a team, and the better players cost more, so you can't load up your team. You gotta, you gotta yeah. kind of look at matchups and stuff like that. I'm one of the options. I thought I'll do this. I'll play the the fifty fifty option, where all you have to do is you have to just beat, you have to finish in the top half of everybody else, and you're in the money. Yeah, you know, you and some of those there's like twenty, you know, twenty or. 30 people playing and I'm like, geez, all I got to do is finish in the top 10 and the bottom 10 don't get money. So I thought I can do that. And I remember the first night I played, I was, you know, the first few games I was in, in the lead and doing really well. And as the night went on, I kept dropping and dropping <laughs> and dropping. And I finished in the bottom half and I'm like, good Lord, how did that many people be, beat me? And it's intense. You there gotta is, know your stuff. Oh, there's so much information oh. out there. It's it's insane, and that's another reason why I don't play. Is not just because it looks bad, <laughs> because I don't know enough about it, and I'd lose all my money. <laughs> yeah. Phil, Phil, were you drinking as the night wore on? Is that the I, deal? No, <laughs> you know, because you already pick your team. You got to throw in your team before the game start. Yeah. And as Kevin said, this is why it's important. Is because if if a team looks or if a game looks like it's going to be rained out, like if a Reds game looks like it's going to be rained out, I don't want to play Joey Votto because I might not get his stats. And if I don't get his stats, I'm in big trouble because everybody else is playing a full lineup of people that are playing and getting stats. And that's why it's, it's, it's tough. But I guess, Kevin, what, what do you see? Where, what direction is this going as far as, you know, you being a meteorologist and, and trying to do, where is this going? What's the future of daily fantasy sports and, and a meteorologist and how you're getting involved in that and what you're doing for them? 
this is the opposite of uh, the direction broadcast TV is going in. And I've got, I'm in both careers, and I just see broadcast just slowly tanking, and I see daily fantasy sports, and soon I'm going to, to reach this intersection where I do more with daily fantasy sports than broadcast. I'm not there yet. Uh, this is going to continue to be a huge, huge moneymaker and um, something that a lot of people are interested in. Oh, and there's yeah. a lot of legal battles ongoing now. So, you know, states are trying sure. to make it legal or illegal. Uh, the more states that fall pro DFS, the bigger this is going to get. Now, are you sure so, your news director isn't listening right now? <laughs> <laughs> Could happen sooner. Yeah, He's looking around. Okay, so so Kevin, um, so is this like a twenty four seven job? Then I mean, I'm trying to think, especially when baseball starts. I mean, you've it's got to be nonstop. Are you always checking the weather? Yeah, it really is. It starts. You know, I make my first forecast at four in the morning. Uh, and make another one before the game start at maybe noon, make another one before the afternoon game at four o'clock, make another one before seven o'clock, another one before nine o'clock. Uh, it's like it broadcast is, meteorology. <laughs> it is really, it's a nonstop gig. And, you know, there's 30,000 people on Twitter asking me questions about the different games oh as well. So wow. it, it's, um, it's a lot. It is very demanding, but it's also, well, people love it. So I'm all in. When, okay. when does competitive bocce ball start? That's what I want. Competitive bocce we need to get ball. in on that. I'm down. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know if people would bet on that, though, Maz. I think you probably have a hard time betting because you're, no you're not Italian, buddy. Uh, Just saying. I'm not. No, I'm right. not. But so, Kevin, is walk us through. Other than the rain that, that could impact baseball games? Um, a hurricane. Oh, really? a tornado Wind. would probably impact. Okay. Squirrel, squirrel, squirrels could delay if the winds Wind. are blowing out Wind. huge mm -hmm. advantage for hitters if the winds humidity. are blowing in lightning uh, well yeah lightning rainstorms how about humidity heat? humidity heat and humidity there you go you're on kim's killing it kim's yeah, killing yeah. it that's on fire tonight that's it's her day uh, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's her birthday it's, come on it's if it's fair. one of those warmer more humid days you know, the atmosphere stretches it's thinner and the ball will fly 10, 20 feet farther. So a hit that would normally be, you know, right there on the morning track for an out, all of a sudden that's a home run. And that made somebody 10 grand. So, so are you giving, uh, part of your forecast, are you giving dew points and humidity percentages and such? Yeah, yeah, dew points, temperatures, winds. It is, uh, it's, it's everything. And people want to know, man. That's why like, I lose. Is, it six, is the dew point 64 or 65? Great. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And are you answering those? All those Twitter questions you're getting, how do you decide which to answer and which you don't have time for? It depends what's going on. If there's if there's games that are going to get canceled because of thunderstorms, I don't have time for the, the little stuff. Yeah. But the, more, you know, the thing about social media, the more you answer, the more people see the conversation, the more people start following you and getting in on it. And that, that's how you, how you build up your following. So I try to answer them all. Wow. So do you get any kind of... Um compensation or you know for good verification do you are you um compensated for doing a good job or anything or is it just a base pay or is it no pay what is it right now it is it's a base pay you know they pay me a certain amount of money to make these forecasts uh, i go on sirius xm radio every day oh, really and, you know i get paid to do that and then nice. uh, i do like kind of a little video blog sort of like this every day as well i get paid for that as if if you get one wrong, they're like, hey, give me that money back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
it's that's kind good. Of like in the broadcast mold where you do your best. You know, I know that there's millions of dollars on the line and I have 30,000 people following. Oh my gosh. Expect yeah. the best. So I, it's not about me doing a good job to get paid more. It's about me doing a good job so I don't let everyone down and have everyone lose their money. It's yeah. yeah. Wow. You have yeah, more people watching you than probably on TV. So that's really something. Mm-hmm. Or you I, I, following you. Does it sound like Kim wants to be a partner, Kevin? I'm just saying. <laughs> I think it's awesome. So what, so who are your, so you guys, are you the only one with Roto Grinders, the only meteorologist? Uh, I was, I started, I was the first uh, daily fantasy sports meteorologist. They, you know, they reached yeah. out when they contacted me. I was like, this is dumb. This is, this is not, this is, oh I just didn't think that I would have value, but I was like, all right, you know what? I'll go along with it. Maybe it'll work out. The more value I saw that it was, the more people enjoyed it. And now other companies have started, you know, grabbing meteorologists. And um, my, one of my friends who's in broadcasting, I need a backup because this is seven days a week for oh what, six yeah. months. Um, wow. so I got a friend of mine, uh, David Walter. He's currently working in uh, Erie, Pennsylvania. Um, he does backup for me. So if I need a weekend off, I can be like, hey, David, you know, you, you, baseball is a grind, man. I'm not Cal Ripken. I can't be doing this for like a thousand straight games. <laughs> no. So how are, you, how are you getting that information out to your users and staying ahead of the competition? That's a good question. Uh, getting the information out is 90% Twitter, you know, Twitter is huge because it's so helpful, late breaking. It's just the best way to get the newest info out. But I also, as I mentioned, I do the radio show on XM. I do some blogs. Um, I I do like a little write up, a a lot of write ups every day. Um, But as far as staying ahead of the competition, it's just about every night earning their trust because I am head to head with the other meteorologists every night. We're all talking about the same games. He thinks it's going to play fine. He thinks it's going to get delayed. I think it's going to get canceled. And in the end, one of us is going to be right. And yeah. uh, hopefully that's me more often than not. Man, when do you get to see your seven heads? <laughs> I, I, I don't think I could do this if I had a family. I'm, I'm lucky. <laughs> your girlfriend's like, seven what? Not two. Yeah. Sorry, babe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hate to drop that bomb on you right now. <laughs> so, so tell us a little bit about your, your morning show that you've got and, and why you opted to go that route instead of just being a you know, typical meteorologist doing the evening news. Uh, I work on a show called Eye Opener TV. It's nationally syndicated. We're in uh, Dallas, Houston, Philly, D.C., Portland, Quad Cities, Iowa, a few other random ones. Interesting. Um, and it's it's kind of a fun-loving show. It's not, you know, I, I worked in the grind. I was in, I worked in Mississippi. I worked in Shreveport, Louisiana. I know the grind of a, the standard broadcast life. It's tough. And I got this eye-opener job, and it's all of the fun of TV. It's having a good time and enjoying it. I love the morning show. You know, it's more personality without all of the negative, all of the, the stuff that we'll talk about later in the program that's driving people out of the business. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that it's just, it's a great show. And they hired me four years ago and I'm just like, I'm good. Are you, so you're having to do national weather uh, <laughs> stuff? Okay. Yeah, it's uh, both. I do, I'm, I do the national weather 
two or three times uh, during the course of the show over a three hour show. And then I also do local cut-ins. So I'm like, you know how when Al Roker is doing the weather and he's like, now let's take a look at what's happening in your neck of the woods. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Myself. that's gonna be pretty challenging though kevin because i know forecasting though i mean that'd be you know it's what what would you say is your biggest challenge with having to cover such a large area and having to do it with such great detail to you know have people's you know money on the line you know yeah well i think um the the hardest part as far as the national coverage on the morning show is, is just trying to get all of that information in in one you know 40 second weather hit I'm Kim, you know, I'm sure you know about this, trying to tell people in the mid-Atlantic and Texas and Portland, there's so much going on to try and fit that in in 40 seconds is Mm -hmm. almost impossible. Yeah, definitely. Well, can't can't you just kind of do your daily ball game forecast and pretty much cover the entire... I'll try that. From now on, I'll just go up there. You don't have to do any extra work. You just say, here's what's going on in San Francisco, Kansas City. Here's what's going to look like up in Minneapolis. Birds one stone. You're a forward thinker. You know that? Uh, hey, dude, you got you to gotta do something to get to where I am right now, right? Bill is full of all kinds of stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All kinds of stuff, yep. Well, let's. Uh, let, I'm going to do this. We're, we're going to keep moving ahead. First off, Kevin, can you tell – Obviously, there's a lot of listeners that know how to follow you, uh, but those that aren't into daily fantasy sports, let them know how they can uh, follow you on social media. Okay, on Twitter and the gram, as the kids call it these days, it is Kevin Rock. What? W- the gram. I don't. I don't call it that. I've never heard that. I've never heard of that. What is that? Oh my goodness! It's Instagram. Come oh. on. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> that. Oh gosh. Oh, Instagram. I just uh, my right. <laughs> Kevin Roth WX on Twitter and Instagram. And then Facebook, I am Kevin Roth Meteorologist. And no, no station names anywhere, because if you put your station name in your name, then your station has the power over you. That's so right. Don't do it. That's right. Keep mm-hmm. the power. Ah. Some mm-hmm. advice. That's, that's good advice. All right. So let's do this. We're going to go ahead and jump to our uh, lightning round. Uh-oh. So this is our speed round of fun questions. Uh, sometimes we'll we'll incorporate a game show, which we are gonna do tonight. Our this so what we're playing tonight, Kevin, with you is our version of Hollywood Squares. Okay, now you're kind of young, so I don't know if yeah, you're I'll familiar. Be honest, I know of Hollywood Squares, but that's about it. All right, so so we're gonna do our what? version, which doesn't include tic tac toe. So we're we're not playing we're not playing tic tac toe. But what I'm gonna do is I'm you're gonna pick uh, one of the freaks, and so okay. I'm gonna have you pick. Uh, and four times. So there's four questions. You're going to go to Brady. You're going to go to Kim. You're going to go to Maz. And you're going to go to MJ. Okay. I'm out of it. Um, so you can do it in whatever order you want. It doesn't matter. But I'm going to pose a question to them. And they're going to they're gonna give you what they think the answer is. And you have to either agree or disagree with them. Okay. Your, your goal is to try and get as many of those okay. four correct. Does that make sense? Okay, and they're they're actually going to try to give the right answer. They're not trying to. Maybe. Maybe. They may or may not. You just have to decide if they're giving you the correct answer or not. Does that make sense? Okay. Yes. So here, here's so here's what we'll do. So we'll we'll open it up. You can uh, first pick any of the four freaks: Brady, Kim, Maz, or MJ. Let's go down the line. We'll start with Brady here. All All right. 
Brady, here's no, the I question. Give me the birthday girl. What was I thinking? Oh, yeah. You're switching it up already. All right. So, Kim, sorry. here's your question, Kim. If you're using the handshake or the pen holder grip, what sport are you engaging in? Hmm. The handshake or the pen holder grip? Well, let's see. Um, so, if you got your hand up like this or like this, are you, you flipping know, us off? Careful. <laughs> careful. I am now. Easy. <laughs> um, let's see. Okay. I play, I play tennis. I used to play tennis anyway. Let me think here. Cause that sounds like something you'd, you would do when you play tennis, but I also play ping pong and I, I don't know. I can't decide either ping pong or tennis. Um, hmm, I think I'm going to go with ping pong. Ping pong. Ping pong. All right. Yeah. All right, so uh, which I've never heard of that, but that's okay. Uh, ping pong, Kevin, do you agree or disagree? I, at first, I was thinking billiards, but but uh, I think I think ping pong makes sense because the pros do hold it a really funny, like like this. Well, don't flip normal... us off too, dude. Uh, yeah, I'm going with Kim. Just check. Ping yeah. pong. Ping pong. That that would be correct. All right, one for one. Very good, Kevin. All right, uh, next up, Maz, MJ, or Brady? We'll go with Maz. All right, Maz. Here we go. Ready? Yeah. All right, to loosen up, and you should know this, Kevin, but to loosen up, a baseball player puts a donut on his what? <laughs> that would be his what? That would be his wood. And, and that's only because it, in the major. Good. The aluminum bats were banned in the majors. So, <laughs> well, what would you right. think I meant? The, the wood bat. Wooden uh, bat. Wooden bat. Is that your answer? Bat. Yes. All right, Kevin. Bat. Agree or disagree? I fully agree. Very good. It is the bat. That's correct. Wooden or aluminum probably doesn't matter, but uh, it is a bat. <laughs> no, it matters. Right, so no. you are, Kevin. You're two for two, man. You're rocking it. You got MJ or Brady? Uh, we'll go to Brady. All right, Brady, ready? Let's do it. All right, this this one, this is going to be good for you. What is the proper way to address a foreign ambassador? Well, so here's the deal. I know the answer, but do I want to give it to you? Maybe. It, here's the deal. You, What I'm about to say, you have to say it in a British accent, and it's, dear honorable ambassador, that's the answer. Is it the answer? Dear <laughs> Dear Honorable Ambassador, and that's that's obviously if you live in in England, that's how you uh, address it. Has that, to be in an English accent. Okay, so dear Dear Honorable him. Ambassador, Kevin. Yeah, I I wasn't gonna believe him until the English accent that made it so <laughs> legit. I'm in on the answer, Dear Honorable Ambassador. Lock it mm. in. Uh -oh. <laughs> Sorry. What? That uh, Brady, that was very convincing with the British accent. Wow, that was real tricky. However, it, it you address his or her excellency. What? I expect everyone to address me as such for the rest of our uh, podcast duration. <laughs> My as kids as do. Your <laughs> mustached excellency. Oh, That's it's really cool. obvious on the camera. I can see it. It's really obvious. It's All right. <laughs> MJ. So we're going to finish with MJ. All right. For three. Let's see if you can get the final one, Kevin. All right. Um, and Kevin, you were probably a fan of this. So G.I. Joe was a popular toy line in the 90s. Mm -hmm. However, in the military, G.I. stands for what? 
Uh, gastrointestinal, I think, <laughs> right? No, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with government issue. Government issue sounds good. Government issue, Kevin. Agree or disagree? I was thinking general something, but government issue is better than what I had, so I'm gonna have to agree because I don't have anything else to replace it with. And that would be correct. There you go. Government <laughs> issued is correct. Kevin, awesome job, man. Three nice. for four. Mr. Mustache the curveball. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Thank you for tuning in to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. You can watch our bi-weekly show live on youtube.com slash stormfrontfreaks and download the audio version on your favorite podcast player. For links to our Patreon team of exclusive benefits, show notes, past shows, new videos, merchandise, and more, visit our website at stormfrontfreaks.com. While you're there, check out our interactive chaser radar from our friends at zoomradar.com. If you'd like to contact us with questions or make comments about the show, shoot us an email to questions at stormfrontfreaks.com or follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or TikTok. Search for Stormfront Freaks. We'd love to hear from you. Join us next time and tell a friend about the Stormfront Freaks podcast.